Hello, North-South Connection podcast listeners. My name is Rocco Martone, and you are listening to your Cronoso Daily podcast. Today's match is the final match of the quarterfinals of the Wrestling Classic pay-per-view. We have Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, facing off against the then-current WWF Intercontinental Champion, Tito Santana. To get us to the quarterfinals, Mr. Wonderful defeated the Cowboy Bob Orton in the first round, with Cowboy Bob getting DQ'd for clobbering Mr. Wonderful with his cast, just like he did accidentally at WrestleMania 1, which is what led to Mr. Wonderful's face turn, and then the 25 later up to $50,000 bounty being placed on his head by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Tito was in his 10th month of his second IC title run. To get here, he went through the man he beat for his first IC title back in 1984, Don Morocco. This tournament match had a very peculiar finish, which I'm sure Aaron has detailed in a previous episode of Cronoso Daily. Let us start with Gene in the back. He's talking to Bobby the Brain Heenan. Gene says he does not think Bobby will be giving away any money tonight, referencing the bounty I just detailed. Bobby says... You never know. And then he cuts a sweet promo that's not really salient to this next match, but it was still pretty cool. So let us go to the ring. We start with Tito and Mr. Wonderful already in the ring. They're in there with the Fink and the uh, grumpy old man referee. When Fink announces Tito, he makes sure to declare that Tito is the man that got here by beating the magnificent one, Don Morocco. I don't know why this is so clearly stated, as Mr. Wonderful did not get his tournament credentials out of his ring introduction, but Tito did. Just to clarify real quick, uh, just in case I botched Mr. Wonderful's name, I have always spelt and pronounced Orndorf as Orendorf. So I pretty much realized I was a little slow in the uptake when I was researching this match and Googled his name and I was like, oh shit. Uh, uh, in my defense, I've always been a Hennig, not Henning guy. But in this instance, yes, uh, I am a Stunad, which uh, should not be a real big surprise to anyone who's ever listened to this show. Orndorf has on one of his classic pairs of tights, red trunks with white lettering on the back, emblazoned with his sobriquet, Mr. Wonderful. As a kid, this always confused me because Mr. is not spelled out, but abbreviated MR, then the number sign, followed by the numeral one, then the word Durful, indicating that perhaps his name should be Mr. Number Wonderful. As a kid, these little anachronistic things always seem to stand out and bother me, much like JYD's tights saying just JY Dog. These days, I don't really give a fuck about that. Um, I'm way more concerned with why my toilet doesn't flush fully anymore. Tito is also wearing a pair of wrestling tights that occupied space in my mind as a kid. I never realized that the logo on his gear was supposed to be a sombrero. I always assumed it was the planet Saturn, and that they just forgot to put the bottom of the planet on there, or maybe it wore off. Anyway, Tito's thigh is wrapped. Uh, Of course, you don't have to be Nostradamus to know that this will play a part in the match to come, Uh, especially if you know anything about gimmick wrestling medical treatments. Always wrap it up. The combatants meet in the center of the ring and confer with the ref. This meeting of the minds lasts quite a while for some reason. Paul shakes hands with Tito immediately. Right after, Tito takes off his shirt in the patented wrestler way of not turning it inside out, a John Cena move that he is the master of. Uh, Tito throws it to the crowd, falls a little short. A security guard, just kind of super cash, walks by, snatches off the ground, and tosses it right in the crowd. Throws it to a kid who's wearing a lot of really cool old-school Hogan gear, but also throws it on some dorky dude in the front row's head. So Jesse plants the seeds here of, is Chico thinking about trying to get the $50,000 bounty? Gorilla doubts it, but Jesse is suspicious and doesn't put anything past Tito, who he refers to as a taco salesman from Tijuana. Peculiar uh, turn of phrase from Jesse. They shake hands again, right as the bell rings. Uh, This is very fun, pre-ring of honor, mutual sign of respect between two babyface wrestlers. Now, on to the match. We have a super aggressive lockup to start. Tito cinches in a tight headlock and works Mr. Wonderful down to the mat. With the headlock cinched in, Paul is really fighting Tito here, and even managed to get a pinfall attempt while Tito still holds on to the headlock. Ortendorf eventually powers out, grabs a standing wrist lock, and gets Tito down. Tito immediately grabs a head scissors, which Paul eventually jumps out of, grabs a quick headlock, 
which Tito counters immediately into a head scissors again. This is really cool. Very fun part of the match. Tito really squeezes the shit out of Mr. Wonderful's head. All the holds in this match really look like a battle, each dude constantly fighting for the advantage. Paul does a headstand thing where he flips over, grabs Tito's legs, and rolls him up for a quick pin attempt. Also really cool. After Tito kicks out of that, they square off again in the center of the ring. We can see that only Orndorff has his fist clenched during this standoff. Now here's some great shit from Jesse, as he helps lay out the story of this match, pointing out Orndorff's clenched fists. Jesse immediately elucidates that this is a sign of Orndorff getting frustrated right away. Gorilla gives a little babyface blow-off here and calls Jesse a fountain of misinformation, which is always great to hear, but the seed has been planted. We get a nice tight tie-up again, which leads to Orndorff immediately getting a hammerlock on Tito. He chicken-wings it, and goddamn. For me, personally, that move is the wrestling equivalent of seeing a character in a movie break a fingernail. It's the ultimate bully move. It's the type of move as a kid, your big brother, or in my case, a big old older sister, could always get you in, and it's always fucking painful as hell, and you're totally stuck, and you're at their mercy, and they probably don't even realize how much torque they're using, and they can't even see your face to even try to register any empathy. It just sucks. Uh, <laughs> enough about my childhood trauma. Tito reverses it, and Paul is real frantic, and eventually gets to the ropes to break it up. As they break away from the ropes, we see once again Paul is super frustrated and throws up double fists again. He's like a Notre Dame mascot. He is ready to fight. Tito here responds with two fists of his own, and we have a square off number two. Jesse here is delighted to see these two men getting angry, and sounding as smug as a Jim Halpert bedbug says, the volcano is about to erupt. Gorilla again doubts that these two wrestlers, who have a tremendous amount of respect for each other, would allow this fine match to deteriorate into a personal brawl. Jesse has a great line here, and he says, these goody two-shoes ain't gonna be so goody in a while. as my New York accent for a Minnesota man. Now we get a little more of a cautious interaction between these two men, and Tito grabs a quick headlock. Paul turns the whole tide of the match here as he picks Tito up and nails him with a huge atomic drop. Tito sells this incredibly slowly, dropping to the ground backwards like he was shot in the ass. He crumbles down real slow like this fucked him up big time. Gorilla and Jesse help sell this and say that he has injured his thigh muscle the previously mentioned taped thigh. This is the Chekhov's gun of wrestling, an injured body part. Tito really selling the shit out of this. Paul looks concerned here, like maybe this guy cannot continue. Jesse is pissed that this new Orndorff isn't being as aggressive as the old Paul Orndorff that Jesse used to know. Jesse asks, how are you supposed to win if you're not aggressive? Tito is up and limping badly here. Paul leg trips Tito and twists his leg up real good, works it real hard, applies a toe hold. Jesse makes an analogy about duck hunting and pheasant hunting here that was a little lost on me. Uh, they can't all be zingers, right, Jesse? Paul is really working the shit out of this leg, and he takes his whole body and puts it on top of Tito while he's wrenching the leg lock in. Just extra torture on poor Tito here. Tito is referred to by Gorilla as reeking in pain, which I guess is a precursor to the reeking of awesomeness that Edge and Christian would be known for years later. Paul lets go of the hold, stands up, and then drops a big elbow on the inside of the knee. Just works the leg more on the ground, just destroying Tito's left leg. Tito wants out of this shit badly. He gets Paul's head close enough for him to strike, and it looks like he contemplates it for just one second. Then, badouge, he nails Orndorff right in the face with a vertical elbow. Boom! The first real strike of the match. This breaks up the hold immediately. Paul stands up, and he's like, I don't want to get hit in the face any fucking more. I'm going to end this shit right now. He gets up, ready to wrap Tito up in the figure four to end the match. As he gets the spinning toe hold part, the first part of the figure four on, his back is turned for a second, and Tito puts the kibosh on that plan with a big old boot right up against Mr. Wonderful's ass. Sends Paul flying hard into the turnbuckle. This aggravates the shit out of Mr. Wonderful. Paul bounces off the turnbuckle and begins stalking the one-legged Tito. They tie up again. Now, goddammit, this one's really aggressive. Paul pushes Tito right against the ropes. Gorilla's like, wondering, are they gonna get a nice clean break here? 
Nope. Paul ain't having any of that shit anymore. Bam. Forearm to the skull while Tito's up against the ropes and Tito goes down hard. Hits the fucking mat. Rolls to the floor. Gorilla's a little apologetic for Paul. He's saying that was a forearm, not a fist. And Jesse's like, yeah, motherfucker. But he was on the ropes. Orndorff broke the trust of this match and made it a dirty match. This finally proves Jesse was right all along. He was right about Paul. And we all know that Jesse loves being right. Uh, The Wall of Three is enforced enforced here again. The third tie-up was the one. Orndorff could not handle thinking that maybe Tito was coming for that 50 grand. Maybe that hard-ass elbow to his eye was enough to just ignite that dynamite and say, I am done with this fucking nice guy shit. But I think Orndorff was pissed that he could not put Tito away even though he had a bad leg. And he just snapped. Mr. Wonderful follows Tito outside. Orndorff with a huge forearm to the face. Tito with a forearm back. Orndorff escalates things, throws the first fist. Still respectful, Tito throws a forearm. Orndorff, fist again. Tito is done being a gentleman and throws a fist of his own. Orndorff grabs Tito in a headlock and looks like he's going to battering ram Tito's head right into the ring post like Bushwhacker Butch. But Tito avoids getting his brain bushed in and pushes Paul into the post. It looks like Tito right here is trying to get back inside the ring, but Mr. Wonderful cuts him off, slams his face into the mat. As this happens, the bell starts ringing. The ref calls for it. Both men are counted out. These dudes don't give a shit, and they're pummeling the fuck out of each other outside the ring. Big old haymaker punches to the head, and the bell keeps ringing. Eventually, it seems like the bell sobers them up a bit. They pull away from each other, hands still up. What the fuck just happened? They're squared up to fight. They're both pissed. They lost their cool, and it cost them. Paul is angry, and Tito seems more like, why, dude? They both re-enter the ring. They're eyeballing each other, both pissed at the outcome. The fans are not happy about this either. They're very vocal about it. But alas, Chicago, that is it for the match. A double count out. And both men are out of the tournament. Real quickly, I'd like to mention that after the match, we cut backstage and Vince is at the bracket board with Lord Alfred, who's being a geriatric Wooderson from Days to Confuse and creeping all over a young little hottie named Susan. We check the board and we see that as a result of this double elimination, JYD will have a path directly to the finals. Some thoughts on this match. The commentary was really helpful in mapping out the story of the match. Is Tito going after the bounty? And more importantly, is Paul worried Tito is going after the bounty? This seemed to be the catalyst for Paul's growing paranoia and eventual loss of temper. Paul has only been a babyface for less than a year. He's still learning how to trust people. His last alliance with Piper and Orton did not end very well for him. <laughs> Fuck, it led to him having a $50,000 bounty on his head. Like he's a cowboy in the Old West. Except for he was not the antagonist, he was the wrong party. So maybe that first elbow strike from Tito was just enough to freak him out. Like maybe this motherfucker's coming for the money tonight. This was a face-versus-face match, which were not all that common in this era either. I'm not sure the general consensus of which is harder to pull off, and I don't really care, but I feel like face-versus-face is much harder than heel-versus-heel. This match worked way better than I expected due to the paranoia of Orndorff versus the dude who's just trying to win the tournament. In some ways, Bobby has won this chapter of the feud because he got in Paul's head and cost him a chance at winning this tournament. So, hell yeah, I enjoyed this match. It's a great example of a wrestling match with barely any striking. And the striking that there was was the story of the match. This is a great example of the physicality being the story, telling the story. So if you want to rewatch this, but have some preconceived notions of like a whole base match with a non-decisive finish, well, try watching again, but put yourself in the shoes of Paul Orndorff. It's his paranoia that fuels every single move and action that he instigates in this match. His character influencing his action, his history influencing his present. He's kind of like Henry Hill at the end of Goodfellas, where something as innocuous as a helicopter flying above drives a coke-fueled, paranoid Henry to madness. For Paul, maybe this guy who was supposed to be his friend throwing a vicious elbow to his face and not giving up when he already had an injured leg and it might have been a good time to quit, well, maybe that is tantamount to the feeling Henry had of being stalked by the FBI, betrayed by his family and his crew, and made Henry lose his goddamn mind, much like it made Paul lose his in this match. 
So this match is just one more chapter in the ongoing story of the redemption of Paul Orndorff. And this idea of redemption and the sometimes circuitous path it takes to achieve it is something we could all identify with and has been used as a motivation for countless characters in all forms of storytelling and entertainment, from Hamlet seeking redemption through revenge by avenging his father's death, to Bill Murray's Phil Connors in Groundhog Day, trying to make amends for something we could all easily identify with, just being a plain old jerk. It's a story that will never stop being interesting. So give it a chance, and view it through the lenses of a paranoid man fighting for his very survival. And maybe you'll enjoy it more than its reputation has led you to believe you will. Or not. Or just watch Goodfellas. But this match is about three hours less of your time. But I know what you will enjoy. And that's the rest of the Cronoso crew in the following weeks as they continue to guide you through the rest of this show that I've really enjoyed rewatching, The inaugural wrestling classic pay-per-view. Speaking of inaugural things that I really enjoy, I was on the inaugural episode of one of the best shows here on the North-South Connection podcast feed, Behind the Connection with JT Rosero. Featuring the coolest people on the network talking about everything wrestling from their personal indoctrinations through everything leading up to their current wrestling fandom check it out hit me up on facebook at rocco martone instagram at roccocat.666 or my band's page chain to the dead at facebook or instagram thanks for listening and goodbye